Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 109th episode of the podcast where we get a chance to talk to Alex Guerrero. Coach Guerrero is the head coach at Radford University. Getting ready to start his first season as the leader of the Highlanders. Coach Guerrero was a former player at Radford. Um, was also a former assistant coach at Radford during the 2014 and 2015 seasons. For the past seven years, he's been at James Madison University as their recruiting coordinator, assistant coach there. Um, after his playing time at Radford, Coach Guerrero spent time at Central Florida under Coach Rooney as their director of baseball operations and volunteer assistant coach. He was there from 2012-2013 before he then came back to Radford in his playing days. Um, just a really cool time to talk to coach because he's getting ready to take over. He's getting ready to actually lead his first team meeting. So we get the chance to talk about his lessons, how things have grown, how, how he's been able to get his philosophy through all those years of experience that he has just through his passion that he has for Radford. You'll see, you'll hear the passion, you feel the passion, you'll feel his aggressiveness, you're going to feel the type of game that these guys are going to play, and how all that comes out through the, our conversation, and just his overall seriousness about Rafford, his seriousness about the game, about coaching, and how much he does take it seriously. Uh, it's a awesome conversation, we've always been able to hit it off when we talk, I think we talk the same language, being pretty aggressive, passionate about it. Uh, it it's always fun to talk to AG and Coach, uh, Coach Guerrero. Um, just really enjoyed it. Really want to thank him for taking some time um, and also just being able to thank our sponsors, Netting Pros. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals continues to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact Netting Pros today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Shout out to Will Miner. Shout out to the guys at Netting Pros. And again, thanks, Coach Guerrero, for taking some time out of your day as you're getting things situated here for your first big meeting. Um, looking forward to it. And get ready, because here he is, head coach at Radford University, Coach Alex Guerrero. It's surreal. Like, it really is. You know, when you start coaching, at least for me, I always I always wanted to be a head coach. Um, I just – the opportunity to, I think, you know, impact a lot of people and, and be responsible for coaching staff, players, uh, you know, the things that you do with alums – the community. It's such an important position. And, you know, I got into coaching because you want to impact people. Um, you know, when I was a player, 
the opportunity to, you know, coach some of the younger guys, help them. I really enjoyed that. And now, you know, you fast forward to 10 years later and now you're, you're in that position that you, you dreamed about. I mean, there aren't that many head coaching jobs in division one. Mm-hmm. You then fast forward and kind of look at it from the standpoint of how many jobs do you really have an opportunity at? Mm-hmm. And you look at Rafford and obviously this is a, it's a very you know, unique opportunity for me being a, a former player, being an assistant coach and, you know, being in the region, being two hours up the road and constantly, um, you know, just having a pulse on, on the program, you know, not only from an alumni player standpoint, but just, you know, as assistant coach recruiting and, you know, what kind of players are they getting and um, you know, just following the program and, and you see the players that go from, different areas in, in the state and go and play there. Uh, but to answer your question, you know, I, it, I pinch myself every day, man, I swear. And that's not like – it's not like coach speak. You know, I walk <laughs> out and I'm walking out to the field and I'm just like, man, like this is – I'm a head coach of this. Like this is amazing. Like it's yeah. sacred. It's, it's a uh, – I understand the position that I'm in. I understand the, the opportunities I have to impact people. Um, and I take it very seriously. And, you know, we're all going to make mistakes, right? Things are going to happen. Nobody is perfect. Um, you know, especially for me as a first-time 33-year-old head coach, like uh, I sure as heck I'm not going to have all the answers. But every day I'm going to um, come to work and, and be passionate about uh, trying to influence, you know, our players and, you know, our coaching staff and everybody that kind of touches our program. Love it. How's, um, how's the staff and how's it, how's it been getting, getting your staff and everything? Mm. It's been great. Our guys are, are an amazing group of, uh, a group of coaches. You know, when uh, this opportunity started to come to fruition, I started to think about, you know, who did uh, who who are the guys I wanted around me? And I, you know, all right. Let me first off say, like, as an assistant coach, like, <clears throat> when you want to be in a position of head coach, you know, you're constantly watching and, and learning and thinking about things and evaluating you know, what other people do. And I always felt like the most important thing as a being a head coach is making sure that you have the right people around you on a daily basis. And it can be the thing that makes you sink or swim as a head coach, because as I've learned in the last month, like you cannot do everything yourself. It's just impossible. It's literally impossible. You have to, you have to delegate. You have to trust people. The great thing about our coaching staff is two out of the four, yeah, yeah, two out of the four guys are guys that I've coached another guy I coached against and have had the chance to develop a, a very good relationship over him the last couple of years. And the other guy I've known for the last 10 years since I've been in the, you know, in the, in the state, you know, nine, 10 years, wherever it's been. Um, and I've always respected the job that he's done and, and I've had the opportunity to, to cultivate a good relationship with him. 
um, you know, so our, our recruiting coordinator, Billy Funk, um, he's going to coach, coach our hitters, uh, outfielders. The guy has defined um, our culture of being blue collar and um, he has earned and worked for everything that he's gotten. And I just, he's relentless when it comes to recruiting um, his, his ability to connect with players. And uh, I'm just so excited for him because, you know, in my opinion, Billy should have been a division one coach a very long time ago. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, just because you don't have division one experience, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. If you've got the skill set, you've got the passion, um, you've got the knowledge um, and, and the ability to relate to today's player. It's all good. And, and the great thing about it is he was in our region and I knew him. And I felt like you know, the more I thought about it from a recruiting side of things, it was really important for me to have guys that knew the area, you know, from, you know, from Pennsylvania, you know, down to North Carolina, you know, West to Tennessee, what into West Virginia, you know, and then obviously, you know, going up to, to different spots in New York and New Jersey. But the main region of the guys, the majority of where our guys are going to be at, it was important that, that we all had very strong ties to this, this area. And Billy has that. Grew up in Richmond, you know, been in North Carolina um, for a very long time between being at Wingate and, and Lewisburg and has had a ton of successful players that have gone on to play at the next level, spent some time up at Shippensburg, has worked for tremendous coaches, you know, and um, has been a part of championship programs and, and has helped guys get on to the next level. So, and, and having somebody that's, you know, around my age um, was good. It, it was just really important for me. So excited about Billy. Christian Bournes, our pitching coach, he came from Georgia Southern where they hosted a regional for first time in school history. Um, he was their director of baseball ops um, and, and a, did a lot of stuff with the pitchers. Um, and he played for us at JMU. And I had the opportunity to recruit him when I was at Rafford as an assistant. So the relationship with Christian goes back. Yeah, way back. You know, 10 years. Um, and, and it's funny because here we are um, you know, 10 years later and, you know, I couldn't get him to commit to Rafford as a player, but we got him back as an assistant coach. And, <laughs> You know, and with him, he, he, again, he's fits the narrative of the culture that I want of um, developing great relationships with players. Um, he's uh, extremely well versed on um, on the pitching side of, of things and how it's constantly evolving. And he's constantly learned and gotten better. He's a tremendous communicator. He's really passionate about um, not only pitching but recruiting. And I kind of look at him now, not that I'm this, you know, 50-year-old head coach that's been doing it for years, but I look at him and, and I see him, you know, if we don't get a recruit, I see how frustrated he gets and I see how mad he gets. And Billy and I kind of look and we kind of smile and it's like, not that we don't, but he's, you know, the emotion that pours out, we're like, okay, that, I mean, that's how we were. We were 25 years old and that's a great thing. And he sits there and he's constantly thinking about what, what, you know, what do I need to do to get better? Where am I at, you know, in my development? Uh, but on top of that, you know, I love him. Uh, I'm very close with him. 
you know, he's obviously his whole family um, excited about, um, you know, he's happy about to have a baby as well. Him and his wife, Lindsay, who's his high school uh, sweetheart, grew up in Lynchburg, went to Jefferson Forest, played for great coach and coach Gilliland. And, you know, obviously went to JMU and, and you know, was around uh, all of us as a coaching staff. So I think he's a rising star and I'm, I'm fortunate, very fortunate to have him. And <clears throat> our volunteer, Seth Lancaster, um, Really, really excited about getting him. I didn't think I was going to have the opportunity to get him. You know, he was a he was the hitting coach and uh, second assistant at Longwood. Um, but you know, there was just an opportunity for him. Um, you know, he's he's doing his grad school there, and you know, the future with um, you know, with that with the school and, and grad school for him, like it was kind of unknown, and, and he worked for a, a really just a great coach in in, in Ox. And, you know, Ox and I are, are very close and, um, him and I spoke and, you know, he was really trying to make sure Seth was, was going to be taken care of going forward and, um, had an opportunity here. And the great thing is that there's another relationship there, you know, I had a chance to watch him as a player at Coastal. Um, and then because of the, the ties between Ox and Kevin Schnall, you know, myself and, um, going down there to coastal and, and just kind of being around, you know, those guys in the wintertime from a personal development standpoint, watching Seth and he was hitting in the off season and just kind of talking shop with him. And then he came and worked our camps at JMU and just really impressed by the way that, uh, you know, he communicated to players. Uh, you know, when we would do the infield portion of things, I, I kind of looked at him and I said, Hey man, you got, you got the third baseman. And part of it was to be honest, like a pseudo like interview type thing. Like, man, let's mm -hmm. see if this kid like can, let's see if this 24 year old kid can just go handle the infielders by himself and not have any direction. You know, you look over and there he is and he's doing different drills and throwing new things out. He's coaching them and you watch how he interacts with players. And um, even our current guys are at Jamie. You know, they, they were getting a really good vibe from him. And then you start talking, hitting with them and, um, He's, he's another elite communicator. He's got a presence about him that, that I think, uh, you know, certain coaches have, and he's got that. Um, he's a winner. He's tough. Um, he's extremely knowledgeable, you know, and so I, I think he's another guy that's just, he's on the, the uptick in this profession, and I'm really, really excited and really, really lucky to have him, and Corey Singh was is a unique story. <clears throat> Corey was with us at JMU for a year. Um, he was part of a first recruiting class. Actually, I think he was the first, first or second recruit that committed, mm. you know, to us when we were there. Um, and, you know, things just didn't work out. I mean, there was Corey. He was an unbelievable kid. It just it just didn't work out from a baseball standpoint for him. Went to Patrick Henry. Um, and did had, you know, had a great I think he was there for one year just one year there and then he went to Norfolk State and I joke because I feel like he's been there for like seven years between like <laughs> the junior college getting the, getting their year uh, their years back COVID whatever it was so when I got the job I, I stay in touch with him from time to time which I, I mean what kind of kid like keeps texting with his coach like when from his previous school like it, it's right 
it was really a, a, a nice thing that he did. And I, when I got the job, he reached out and he just wanted to talk. I said, like, you know, I want to get into coaching and you know of any opportunities. And he was doing his grad school thing. I was sitting there. I'm like, you know, I'll just come here. Like, I don't know if you can. Would you do it? The thing that I loved the most about him and the thing that, that I was so impressed was he didn't blink. Like, he didn't hesitate. He didn't ask his mom or dad. Like, he didn't, let me think about it. Let me talk to my girlfriend. It's like, yeah, I'm in. I'm like, you want to think about it? He's nah, I'm in. Like, just tell me what I need to do. He's like, well, I got to figure out, make sure this is okay because you're doing grad school somewhere else online. Can you do it? Can you work here? And uh, you know, he was just all in with it. And um, he's done a great job since he's been here. You know, the coaching's tough. Like the, the profession is tough as far as just getting started, getting into it. Um, and, you know, since he's been here, he's done nothing but uh, embrace everything that we've had. And um, he, he's got an infectious personality. Our guys are going to love him. And he's hmm. going to be around a great group of guys that are going to help you know, make him better. So I'm extremely excited about our staff. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for, for them and, and believing in, in me and, and our program. And, uh, and they want to be at Radford. And just like with recruiting, I want guys that want to be at Radford. I'd rather have guys with less experience. I'd rather have a player that's um, maybe not as developed from a skill standpoint, but there's a lot in there, but is really passionate about the school he's going at versus trying to convince a little bit of a better player to come to Radford. And that's really with any school. But because I played here and was an assistant here, I got a lot of ties to this place. I, it's important to me. I mean, you got to share the same passion I have for it. So these guys do, and I'm, I'm excited that, that they're here. So I was just thinking, like, um, you going through it for the first time, you know, you've seen guys to go through it. You've been with gaming. You've been with, you know, staff that have gone, have hired on. What's it like in your position now? Like, what was the biggest difference? Maybe something that you didn't know through this process of getting a staff. <clears throat> maybe that you wish you knew going into it, or that maybe something that you didn't, you, maybe you couldn't know until you go through it. You mean as far as just hiring, like the hiring yeah, process? Yep, or the like hiring process is, yep, as the hiring process and just, yeah, the hiring process and you finding a staff that you wanted, you know, what was it, something that you? I think, you know, you have guys in mind, um, but I think just you've got to define as a, as a head coach, as a leader, like what do you want in those positions and how are you going to coach? And like, how do you, what do you want to do for me and my personality? I believe that having guys that are a little bit younger around me that I've known, like, and this is just right now for me, right? I'm, I'm a younger head coach. Like I, I want someone that's going to believe in the message that like, that I have and is going to enforce and, and influence the, the same type of message and believe in it. And I felt like um, once I identified, you know, what I wanted out of a staff from a personality standpoint, then you got to break down, okay, who fits this mold? Who fits a young, energetic, hungry, passionate coach that wants to stay in the coaching? 
that was important. Like I wasn't hiring guys like I'm going to try it out or I'm going to, you know, let's see how this is. Like, no, I, you've got to be all in. And after you identify that from a personality standpoint, you then push forward and try and find the people that you know. And for me, it was just very important that I trust is huge for me. And um, I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was getting into from a personality standpoint. You're around these guys so much, so much. And you've got to enjoy being around these people. Right. You got it. And, um, you know, so I knew that going into it. I, I think the, and you've got to stick to your guns. Like you, you can't, you can't falter. You can't cave in because someone that, you know, told you about another guy, even though it doesn't fit, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Like you got to be, you're going to make decisions. You have to make decisions that are not going to make everybody happy. You've got to be okay with that. You have to be okay with the fact that every time you talk to somebody or when there's a major decision that's being made, one person's going to be really excited. And the other person's going to be really pissed how you explain it and how you, you talk about it is everything. Right. But, um, I think once you get here and you get the staff, like, man, it's real. Like you're sitting there in a staff meeting and everybody's looking at you. Like, and if you're disorganized, like, or you're not clear with your message, they're gonna be looking at you going, what are we doing? Why are we, what are we meeting about? You know? So I, that was really important that early on, especially like I portrayed, um, you know, the ability to make sure that I'm keeping everybody kind of on task with what we need to do. Cause it's the first time we're all working together. Right. So, um, you know, I, there are certain things and certain ways and, and, and certain processes that for me, I would like our program to run, whether it's administratively recruiting wise, offensively, defensively pitching, just how we are um, filtering the information to the players um, and, and just how we're staying organized. Yeah, there's a certain process and way that I want things to be done. And, you know, it's just with also having guys that have not coached as long, I think it's it's good for their development. You know, not that my way is every way, but when the best thing that ever happened to me was working for, for Terry Rooney starting out. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. I was 22 years old working at a top 10 program. Like I got really lucky. I literally struck gold. And I remember like there was a period of time there where I was there for like a month and an independent ball team called and was like, Hey, we need a media infielder. Like you ready to come play? And I called, I called Joe and my parents and, and my dad was like, you know, I don't really like this. I just don't think this is a good idea. He said, but, you know, talk to Joe, see what he thinks. And I called Joe and he just basically said the same thing. It was like, what are you, what are you talking about? He said, Dude, you realize, he goes, you realize you just got drafted like in like the top, like in the first round. It's like, you're, you're working for a program that's like, might go to Omaha this year. He said, your, your career is going to completely change if that, if, that happens, you know, we're going to going to the regional championship, but he was right. Like, I mean, I could have went to play in, I could have went and played in a minute ball and got cut after a week, but mm -hmm. working for Terry Rooney was, was awesome from the standpoint of the organization, the things that you learned, how to run a program, how to go about 
your business on a daily basis and really, really set the tone for, you know, the urgency and the way things needed to get done. And, you know, that was, that was great. That was, that was a great, uh, a great lesson for me. I bet it was. What are some things like, like what are your big takeaways from coach Rooney in that first couple of years? Like what, like looking at it now, like, are you, are you still taking this piece of it? Yeah. You know, we, one of the funny things was first started out and we'd have these staff meetings and I'd go in there with a notebook pen and I'd write things down. And, and then like the next week, you know, there'd be, there'd be more stuff that would come across and he'd tell us some different stuff to do. And then got to the point where I was like, he would date, he'd write the date on the top and then he'd go through each person. I'm like, I bet he's like, and I would go in his office and like, I see all these notebooks stacked up. I was like, coach, what, what do you got there? He's like, oh, it's just all our staff meeting with notebooks. He's like, this way I know during each time of the year, like, what does each person need to, like, what do you need to work on? He goes, I can't remember everything. He's like, I got to write things down. I looked at it and I was like, you know what? That's a, that's a good idea because eventually as an assistant, like you, you just, you want to be able to only take things off a coach's plate, but be, you know, be proactive and be ahead of what could potentially come across your desk. Like recruiting wise, I know at this time I've got to make sure I get the high school transcripts and their test scores and make sure their eligibility sound. Like I, you know, I didn't need Ike or Joe to tell me to make sure everything was ready for their NLI by November 1st. You know, I didn't need to tell, or, you know, those guys didn't need to tell me when it was time for individuals to start. Hey, make sure you have the individual schedule by this day. Like it was already, Hey, here's the individual schedule. Mm -hmm. Hey, here's this. Hey, here's the recruiting calendar. Hey, here's that. Like, but you started creating your own timeline in your head because of the way you were, you know, brought up in coaching, I guess. Like, um, you know, he, he was very, very organized mm. as a leader and he kept everybody like on task. The thing about coach was, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, I've told this to him before, but like, it wasn't easy working for him. Like he, I mean, he challenged you, but it's exactly what we needed. And I think anybody that's ever worked for him will look back on it now and be like, man, I thank God I worked, but because of where I'm at now, I'm thank goodness. I was in that position. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it was, it was hard. And yeah, he challenged you, but man, I'll tell you what, he, he also gave you direction. Um, and he demanded you to be really good at it. And if you weren't doing the job he wanted, man, he, he told you. He pushed you. And I look back on that and it's like, man, you know, it's kind of been a huge um, staple into my coaching career. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, man, there's so many great stories there with, um, you know, with him. It was just like, you know, I remember like his attention to detail was amazing. I remember one time we were coming back from a bus, from a trip from UAB and, you know, there was this, 
was this rope that we had that we used to position the outfitters. And like, I, I don't know, I didn't want to do it. To be honest, like it was hard for me to move it. And I, brought me in and like, we got back, we swept them. We, we got back at like 2.15. And he's like, AJ, hey, come here. Closed our meeting at like 2.15 in the morning. And like, kind of, you know, read me the right act. Like, no, like this is how we're going to do it in this program. And I made sure I used the towel moving forward. Like, <laughs> and I respected the fact that, you know, this is, this, this is the way we're doing things. And this is how we're going to do it. And if not, you're not going to be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, say that to me, but I mean, that's the way that as a head coach, I think he just you know, did such a good job of establishing what the expectation level was. Um, this is the direction that you need to do. And he expects you to do it. And if you did it, then he pushed you more to never get complacent. And like, if you wanted something done on by October 1st, well then you like have it done by September 1st, mm-hmm. have it done earlier. And like, because he wasn't going to wait till October 1st and be like, okay, do you have it? Like he's going to start getting antsy like September 20th, yeah. September 15th. Like, Hey, where are you at with it? Like, why am I waiting? Like, why do I keep asking you? Like I gave you a date. Like it's not done on the 25th. It's funny. Cause I'm the same. I've become the same way now. Like, um, but, um, that was, was good. It was a good experience for me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just thinking about the the experiences you've had. So you said like that that kind of detailed and that kind of expectation has molded you now what you're going to expect. What about from like said Joe and Ike? Like, what is what is something maybe there you'll maybe take maybe parts of that that you'll do you think that it's kind of how you are now because of your experience. You know, working, and then obviously coming back to to Radford with you know, Joe. Obviously, he gave me my first opportunity to coach, um, and he, now he helped me. He, he got me the job at UCF. Him and Coach mm-hmm. were my friends. They, went to, they both went to Radford, um, and then brought me back as as an assistant coach. And I remember driving up. You know, Rich Witt and I worked together. He's now the head coach at FIU. We we're both together at UCF. And he had gotten the job at Winthrop. And I was driving up. He was in Myrtle Beach for a weekend. And I was driving up to Raffin. I stayed with him that night. And I remember Joe called me. He's like, hey, you're the recruiting coordinator. BA is going to Penn State. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm not worried about it. We're fine. And he hung up. And went back to Rich. And he's like, Joe just told me I'm the recruiting coordinator. Like, he's... And but now because of the way I was prepared with from Coach Ernie, like I was, I felt really good about the plan I had. You know, kept working with Kevin Schnall and, and Ryan Klosterman and um, as you know, those guys that were top assistants. And, and let me just run this back real quick. You look at that staff, and there's a picture of my office here on the wall, which I think is great. It's like I'm the head coach at Rafford. Ryan Klosterman's the head coach at Bryant up in. I'm in the Northeast. Rich wins the head coach at FIU. And Kevin Schnall is about to be the head coach at Coastal eventually. So you got like, I mean, yeah. there's something right that Coach Ernie was doing. Oh, yeah. You got um, you know, Cliff Godwin's obviously at ECU. Um, you know, Jeff Palumbo's worked for him. Um, you know, Brandon Romans. 
there's been so many assistants that he's helped develop. So obviously, you know, he's doing something correct. Mm-hmm. And then get you know going with Joe, I got you know he's he's a tremendous teacher of the game. You know, from an infield standpoint, he made a lot of very average infielders much uh, much better, maybe slightly below average infielders to. The average infielders, and I say that because I'm talking about myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, all the time about my feet and my flexibility and this, but um, tremendous motivator, um, competitive, passionate, um, and just from a baseball standpoint, I, I don't know if there's running an offense making the right calls at the right time. Um, you know, he was, he was really good on the field, really good in the game. Um, and, um, you know, from constantly challenging to, to question things, you know, whether it be offensively, defensively, recruiting wise, like constantly finding ways to get better. And um, you know, he was, he was very good with that stuff. So, I was very fortunate to to have Joe come back and or bring me back and um, you know the program that he built, the way he built it, the vision that he had for it, um, and you know it's you look around. There's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful things that we have at this place, mm-hmm. and Joe was obviously at the forefront of that. So going to Ike, I mean, you're around a guy for seven years, Jimmy, um, Daniel Bowman. Who's, you know, they're they're family to me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all the people I work for, they're all, <clears throat> it's all family to me. It's a close knit group, and um, you're around guys every day though for seven years. Man, it's you know a lot about each other. Mm-hmm. You share so many, so many different experiences on and off the field, and. You know, it was tough leaving them, and, and you know, Ike. It was a time in my career where I was wanting a little bit more. Like, uh, I wanted to take like another step forward, right? And it was an opportunity to kind of branch out from the coaching tree of baseball that I—that's all I knew, right? Like, so it was in a great way, but. That was time to, it's almost like a kid going to college. It's time, okay, it's time to go on, out on your own now from a coaching standpoint. Like, I played for Joe, went to work for Coach Rooney, came back to work for Joe. Like, same, a, a lot of similar baseball things mm-hmm. going on, working for Ike, hearing different stuff, um, seeing how he handled different situations. But on top of the fact, they're just the, the responsibility that I got. And from an offensive standpoint, calling the offense, coaching third, um, you know, full freedom and, and full reign of the hitters, um, you know, and it was, it was great. And just being around different people and being in a different area of all this day, just, a, just something different, you know, and you know, working for Joe from a hitting standpoint 
was uh, it was a great opportunity because the first time I was able to run the hitters. Mm -hmm. Doing that, he would be, hey, man, you need to think about doing this. Hey, what do you see here? What do you see there? Like mentoring me um, and preparing me for the opportunity I had with like to where it was like, okay, now you're going to go and, you know, you may, you're not going to have a head coach that's going to be on you or talk to you about stuff every single day or every single time something happens. Or you're going to be out there on an island and coaching third, putting plays on, calling, calling different things. You need to be prepared for this. So um, I think that time with Joe was invaluable, but then it prepared me for being around, you know, working for Ike and, you know, just a, you know, a very compassionate person, um, you know, just a, a great leader. Um, and being around Jimmy and, and being around Debo, like those guys as assistants, I mean, you know, if COVID didn't happen, I think, I think Daniel Bowman's probably still in coaching. Um, but I, I think working with those guys, it was, it was awesome. It was a wonderful experience. Um, and I, it was tough leaving. It was tough leaving, but um, I'm, I'm thankful for my time with them for sure. Sure, and I'm and I know that they're excited about you, man. I I, I talked to Jimmy and talked to Jimmy about it, and super excited, man. They they couldn't be more excited for you too. And it's just I think it's just part of the game. And you just like anything, like you said, going to college and people wanting to go get better situation. I remember my brother like moved down to Florida and just he was able to grow more, man. Like and it was like I'm selfishly, of course, I wanted to keep him here, but like I knew that was the best thing for him, you know. And so I know those those guys are they're super excited for you. I'm sure, I'm sure they're. A little worried about competing against you too, you know, especially come recruiting and things like that. But uh, you know, it's all love, man. It's all absolutely. I know, I know you guys had a. It was just, it was awesome just to watch you guys and you know got you guys work and things like that. But I know that I think you see even that experience alone with you guys, like it's going to help you with your staff and how your guys' relationships are. And like you said, that's kind of already started. And and I guess, like I said, you kind of already so like that's kind of naturally what you took away from that because like the way you built your staff and it's so revolved around those like you said there's relationships and basically these are going to be your new family members absolutely so no, cool there's no doubt so cool man um so when you're thinking about so getting down into a couple things that like going uh, with how you're going to do these things at radford um like just thinking about because you said you I remember you, you mentioned the word culture and what your culture is going to be like and like you said we're going to be blue collar um, like, are these kind of things that like, how much is it like, here's what we're going to be. Uh, and then, or like, as the players come in, uh, doing it with the players or much as it is like, here's, here's who we are. Like, have, no. you, have you guys already defined that? Cause remember, like, I think as you said, like, you know, the staff, like you were kind of talking about defining, are you talking about defining things? It's going to be defined for them. To be yeah. Honest. I think, um, I think in situations like this where there's, there's a lot of past history with this place for me personally mm -hmm. and having an opportunity now to um, rewrite it and doing it the way that 
my teammates, previous alums built it. Um, this is how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have total ownership in that. There's no question. But you know, I believe that at the end of the day, like, you know, sometimes you got, you can't have too many chefs in the kitchen. Like, oh, I want to do it this way. I want, like, no, no, no. Like, this is how we're going to do it. This is what our culture is going to be. And this is how we are going to go forward. And you're either going to be about it or you're not going to be around in this program. And that's, that's just the reality. That, that's not being you know, mean or anything like that. There's a direction that the head coach has to set for everybody in the program as an assistant coach, uh, for the players. And to be quite honest, like Trey, like I, when I was in those positions, like I wanted direction, I wanted freedom and, and, um, you know, autonomy within my job. But like, I want, I wanted the leader to go, you're this, this is your job. This is what you need to do. Go do it. Not like, well, I mean, you know, what do you think? Like, you know, you want to do it in certain times. Like I mean, there are certain times where you just, man, just tell me where, what we need to do here. And this is where we're going. When it comes to the culture, like I, that comes from the head coach. You have to set it and then, yeah, is it going to evolve and alter and, you know, have different phrases and all these things? But, I mean, sorry. You know, there, there's going to be um, – sorry, one sec, my bad. There we go. Yeah, people call me here. I'm sure. All right, there you go. Um, this is the culture of what our program is going to be. We're going to be a blue-collar family. That's what we've been – when this program was, you know, at its peak and that's what we're going to be going forward 100%. And our guys are going to embrace um, that mentality. And every day there's going to be some type of lesson, talk, discussion, example, whatever it may be that will go that, you're going to bring back to define our culture. And as head coach, like that's, that's your sole responsibility. Um, not sole, but that, that's oh, yeah. the culture and the, the life line of the culture that you want to have is solely responsible on the head coach. Because at the end of the day, you know, if whatever you're enforcing, or whatever you want your team to be, that's what they're going to be in every, in every aspect of it. And our culture, I just know how important it is for the success of a team going forward. And I've got to make sure that I manage it and make sure it's always going forward and in the right direction. And you got to do that with, with the right people, of course. Um, and you know, it, start, it absolutely has started with, with our assistants. But moving forward, I think it's, it has to do with a lot of these guys on this team already. You know, we've got a really good group of, of seniors. Um, the communication that, they, that they've shown over the last four to six weeks since I've been here has been awesome. Um, just getting to know them, coming around the office, you know, the, the majority of our team is already here in the cages. They're hitting, they're doing stuff on their own. Um, the energy is 
is through the roof. Um, the excitement is through the roof. Guys come in, come by the office and just hanging out, and because that's important. You, you've got to be able to um, have the relationship with these kids that they can come in your office and sit down and talk to you and talk to you about anything, and you get to know who they are to their core. Um, and they get to know you. You know, one of the things that you know is a part of our culture is is being vulnerable and being vulnerable with, with each other and understanding where everybody's come from and giving guys the platform to share things that you, they may not share with other people. But as a coach, you've got to be the one that kind of, that starts that and allow guys to, to be comfortable sharing things that, you know, they may or may not have been in the past or be able to share in the past. And then that, all of a sudden cultivates a, a culture of, of family of exactly how I want it to be. Because at the end of the day, when you win a championship, like you don't look around and go, man, we really won because we just practiced. We just did such a good job every day working on our drags and our pushes and our short game. And, you know, every Thursday when we hit, up, hit, hit off the break ball machine, man, like, man, that's why we won. Like you don't, no one talks about that. Mm-hmm. They talk about, how much they love each other and how, how they overcame adversity together and the culture and, you know, how much love they have for their teammates and, and coaches. And it was like that way in 2015. It was like that way in 2014. It was like that way when these last seven years at JMU, you know, it was, it, it's that UCF team that first year, man, that those guys were relentless in how much, they, they pushed each other and loved each other. And you look at the end of the year and you see the emotion on guys' faces. Like last game at JMU last year, even though we couldn't go to the conference tournament because of us going to the Sun Belt, we were probably on a field for another hour and a half, two hours. Mm-hmm. The emotion that, that, that those guys had, it was, it was real. You know, and that's ultimately as a coach what you're trying to create. You're trying to create that type of, of – environment within your program and um, you got to work at it every single day you just you've got them and you've got to involve the players in it but at the end of the day they're going to be enforcing the message that you want to you want to cultivate are there are there specific ways or let's say like the ways that you like to do them or like you found that might be the best ways to kind of bring that connection bring the vulnerability like what are ways, the best ways, I guess you could say that you found out that to do that. You know, I, I think that there's going to be things, whether it be a, you know, something on, on, on a practice plan, um, whether it be something, an example that happens in practice, whether it be video, a video that you see that you can show the guys that you can relate back to your culture what does this mean for us in a program whether it be having um you know there's so many different exercises and things team-wise that um in group settings that we're going to do um and just being real with yourself um, and keeping it switching it up make it you know being there's all kinds of different things to go that, that you can do to, to keep it fresh for these kids. Um, 
But I think consistency is probably the biggest thing, regardless of what you do, whether it's, you know, a video, an email, text, something on the practice plan, something within practice, a team, you know, a team meeting in the dugout, things that you want to explain, as long as like whatever you're doing is consistent. And that's something I'm going to make sure that I try to work really hard at and then constantly make sure that there's something on a daily basis um, that's defining and, and cultivating and pushing our, our culture forward. Something daily. Love it. That's really awesome. Looking forward. So I just, I, I, Bianca comes to mind there, you know, like, especially cause they put stuff on Twitter, like uh Twitter and you see his little, um, messages that he says he says those little stories you know but yeah that's just just a consistent thing that works with our program and i'm thinking of mine I'm like man i don't know when i'm gonna do that like how could i have time you know like but it works if, especially like i said if he's that, that comes from the consistency that's definitely not a splash in the pan <clears throat> the weak thing no there's there's no doubt now make no mistake about like you've got to have good players and you've got to be able to develop them like let's not take the baseball part out of the way. But when you have those three aspects, you've got a really good culture, you've got really good players, and you're developing them and they're believing in the system that you know, you're putting in, in, into play and the style that you want to play, then you, you're going to create a championship contender year in, year out. And that's what this program is going to do, and that's what we're going to be. I mean, we're not going to back down from anybody. You know, we're, we're, um, we're, we'll never be on our heels. We're going to play with an edge. We're going to play with toughness. Um, yeah, we're going to compete. Like everyone talks about competing. Like, yeah, I mean, you're a Division One athlete. Of course you're a competitor. But how we compete and how we play, um, it's going to be with a lot of passion. And it's going to be with, with edge. And, and I want our guys to be themselves um, and I want our guys to um, focus on making sure that winning is – when they're in between those white lines, man, the only thing that, that matters is winning and doing whatever it takes. And it's all about – it's all about the team. No matter what happens, no matter what you're doing, no matter how you're feeling, um, no matter who we're playing, we're going into every single game expecting to win. Um, and – that's another piece of the culture that's that it's a mindset it really is like your your brain and your mind are a powerful powerful thing you think you suck at something now you're probably gonna suck at it yeah i mean you just you probably are, you probably are if you're a little bit from a skill standpoint maybe not as good as the guy you're going against but you solely believe that this is how we're going to win and this is what i need to do to win and i'm better than them you've seen a lot of a lot of underdogs um and a lot of people that uh, you may not expect to win in certain situations and they do it i mean look at the pacers right they're down 28 to 3 against the falcons with like six minutes left in the in the third quarter and you look you know that behind the scenes of that Super Bowl that the NFL Network did, 
I mean, my goodness. And I'm a Jet fan. <laughs> I love Tom Brady. <laughs> he is. Champion. He's a competitor. He's the greatest. I mean, you. I think he's the greatest champion ever. You know, between him and Jordan, obviously, it's hard to buy. But the things that Tom Brady has done and the way he has impacted his teammates over such a duration of a consistent duration of time is amazing. Mm-hmm. And you listen and you hear the things that that guy's saying in the huddle and on the sidelines and the belief. Like, there was never a time where he ever thought he was going to lose. It's amazing. But it's because of the mindset and how he prepared and the culture that I think he helped create. You know, oh, the, yeah. You know, obviously Belichick is awesome, but you know what? Like, no, the guy did go down to Tampa and win one. So, I mean. That's right. I don't know. I'm taking Brady all day. Oh, that's all day. You know what I mean? And again, I just think that's a part of the mindset that I think comes from the head coach mm-hmm. and how we're going to play. I'm not going to be in the, in the bullpen, like hovering over Christian when a guy's throwing a slider on track, man, and they're working on that. What does that do? pisses off the kid pisses off christian mm-hmm. you know it, it just that i don't need to i'll be in there i'll be watching evaluating like hey can this kid help us in the eighth inning what's ro- what role does this guy serve yeah I, offensively I'll, I'll be more involved just because that's what my background but also i also trust the guys that I hired and i'm looking at it from a bird's eye view like you know where does this guy fit in with our team? What role does he have? Explaining those roles and responsibilities consistently to our guys, making sure they know exactly what their role is all the time. And, yeah, it could change. It could alter depending on, you know, different circumstances that happen. But the style, the way we go about our business, the process, the culture, like that comes, like that's that comes from me. That's one voice, and I just that's not being, it's not being egotistic or anything. That's just the vision that I have in, as a head coach. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, the wins and losses are going to be solely they'll be responsible on me, mm-hmm. and I accept that and I understand that. But if we're gonna, but this is how we're gonna do it as far as building everything, and you know, I, I'm. I've always was I always wasn't a very very aggressive player, coach, very passionate, um, emotional and more hopefully more positive ways than than not. But you know what? I, I want our guys to be passionate. I just want them to be themselves. And I don't want them to try to be anybody else but that. And when you allow guys to totally and utterly be themselves. To their core, you get a really unique group of guys that really love each other. Like, you can't have 35 of the same exact, like, guy. Like, I, I believe that you can have 35 guys that have their own personalities and own spin on things that are all doing and joining towards the same and pushing forward towards the same type of goal and message. That's a team. 
that's what being in college is all about. And our guys are going to have the freedom to be themselves and play with an edge and play with passion. And these guys are going to, we're going to be excited about where this program's going. Sure. I'm sure they are. Has, has, I'm just thinking about like, uh, dude, when, you, when you've been, has, has the type of player that you're looking for, like, will that, like, has that changed? Or is that very specific? Cause like, you know, you're looking for, like, you know, I think, do you, is it more clear? Although the kind of like, yep, that's like, like, or, or you've always gone and gone to the same kind of kit. Um, like, like, has anything changed this summer? You know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh, like, like that's, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking not, about it. Not really. I mean, you know, it's, it's different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, there's, there's different challenges that bring at different schools. And I think that there's a certain type of kid at Radford that fits right. And it's, um, but as far as us trying to recruit, the best players that we see that fit us, like we're not going to back down from that at sure. all. Yeah. Um, but there are certain kids that, you know, from a, take the baseball out of it that are just from a school standpoint, an area um, size of school is different than the places I've been at. Like, you know, Rafford's you know, a little bit smaller than Jamie. Some yeah. people love that. Some people prefer to be at a, at a bigger school. You know, it's in a different area. Again, some people love it. Some people don't. Um, the different majors and um, the different things to do socially. Like it's it's not necessarily a different type of player as far as how you want to recruit. Like I've always believed in the same thing regardless of where I've been at. Recruiting really yeah. athletic, skilled, middle-of-the-field players that can do multiple things. Like I'm not – I don't – I've never been a person that really likes to recruit like a one dimensional player mm -hmm. and whether that's be, whether, whether that's offensively or defensively, like it's, if you're recruiting a one dimensional player from a, especially from an offensive standpoint, like you, he better believe he's going to hit. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's the case. And sometimes we've, we've had those guys, no question, but I just know with the style that we want to play, like we just want, we want to be able to have guys that can do as close to, every part of the game baseball wise, because you have to be able to beat teams different ways. Mm -hmm. Got to be able to win the game two to one. You've got to be able to win the game 10 to nine. So how are you going to coach it? And how are you going to have the personnel to do that? And I believe that there's 35 players, obviously in the country, but 35 players in the, in the region in which we recruit at that can be able to do that and help us win the championship. I, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they, you know, to really like answer your question, like I, I don't think that that doesn't change. Yeah, I was just wondering because you know, like the, the edge, like the, just the just yeah. the words and things that you're using. Oh, that part just, of it, yeah, yeah, a little. Bit. You know what I mean? I just think if you have you are you saying like ah, oh, this kid's gonna fit? You know, yeah. maybe like, and it didn't really fit over here. You know what I mean? Actually, well, okay, well, how you say it like that? Yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, because there, yeah, there, there's been. There's been the guys that we've gotten. I, I can't comment on it, obviously, because it's a, a violation. Um, but some of the guys we've gotten, 
Like they're by the time they graduate, there'll be people who'll be like, Yeah, that's your type of guy. Yeah. Because they play with And I think we all do that. I think we all do that. Like in, in any instance, you know, like we find things that are more geared towards our personality and Yes. I mean You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that those yeah. things just happen, you know. Um and you were you were that guy. You were that that Swiss Army knife, that guy that could play up the middle and you could do multiple things, you know, like if you talk to Joe though, he would not he would not agree with that. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I but, appreciate you saying that because I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a jab when I talk to him about him. Okay. All right. That's good. Oh, no, I, you're right though, man. I mean I think you wanna have guys that, that fit your personality, you know, and and yes, from that standpoint. Personality-wise, if you don't if you don't match up with with us, our staff, the guys on our team, mm-hmm. yeah, like I don't really care how good you are because ultimately I know it's not going to work out anyways. So right, that, that, that's I'm, time. like so. Right, you want to find people that are like you know it's yeah. it's, it's going to be a good experience for everyone. They're going to enjoy it and, and they can grow in it. They can grow in this environment. Absolutely, I agree with that. When um so when do you guys when do you guys start you said you guys are already on campus you already got some guys on campus uh when do you guys officially get going? We're gonna officially start with our first team meeting on uh, on Sunday, and then we're gonna do like some testing stuff first couple of days, and then we're gonna start let guys kind of get settled in their classes, and we're gonna start up on Thursday with individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll continue with individuals through the next week, and then we will start. Um, team practice on, on September 5th and then we'll go to you know late October and finish up with a five weeks or so of, of Indies and Thanksgiving break come back to the Highlander Challenge Christmas break and then here next thing you know snap your fingers it'll be uh, you're rolling we'll be game one so game one What's uh what so you talk about a little bit of testing? So is that is that mostly from the standpoint of is it all is it baseball wise or is it baseball like what I'm thinking like I'm thinking blast right I don't think of blast or rap soda or and is or is it also like uh the weight room testing? It's weight. It, it's just going to be weight room testing for the first. Okay. Time. You know, we have guys that go do they do biomechanical movement testing. They do a screening with our trainer. Um. They'll do a conditioning test as well, just to kind of see where they're at. That the strength coach puts on, really nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. And then they'll also do like this combine that that she had created. Our strength coach is awesome. Our support staff is phenomenal as well. Like a, our trainer, you know, Chef was here when I was an assistant. He's been here the whole time. Nice. Our, our academic advisor, Allison McCoy. She's man. Thank. Thank God she's here. She's been a saint trying to get, you know, getting all these guys that we've, um, we were trying to get over the summer in, in the school, helping with the communication, the administrative stuff during, you know, during the transition. And, you know, she's been, she's been great shift and coach Norton as well. I mean, um, she's so knowledgeable with what she does and uh, really creative with some different things and very fortunate for the, for the support staff that we have here. How, like, um, like let's say with the strength coach, is it like 
here's what he's going to do or is it still working? You guys both working together or still like you maybe say, here's what I'm, I'd like to get this piece of information from them or like, like how to, like when you're working together uh, with your strength coach, or is it just for him just doing his, doing his thing? Um, yeah. So she's got a, she's got a program that um, we've kind of, from a philosophy standpoint, we agree upon. Okay. Um, and Jen's worked really closely with Christian as far as making sure the pitchers um, are lifting when they need to lift with their throwing stuff. Um, I, I trust her in, in looking at, you know, her, the stuff that she's got from a strength standpoint, it matches up with the things that I believe in. And there were certain, there were certain things that for me that were kind of non-negotiables, but nothing yeah. like out of control, crazy, like, She's a strength coach. That's her area of expertise. Right. I've put together the, some of the things that I've seen over the years that I would prefer our guys to do and how I want them to go about their business and other things that I just don't want to be done. Or if this happens, this is what they're not doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's just, just seen it too much with certain areas of their body and certain exercises. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean, she's a golfer at FAU. She's a stage four cancer survivor. So you're talking about talking about toughness. That's right. She's a tough um, ass. That's for sure. Man, and her, she's got great personality. Guys love her. And she's she was a ro- rotational athlete. So she gets it. She loves baseball. She loves her guys. I mean, she's she's got a lot of feel with what she does. On top of running, all the other teams are at her. So. She's uh now that's great. I just thought I was just wondering, like just in your you know certain situation, it's just something that I've you know, you know just just thinking about the like you having to get on the same page with everybody and how that you know all oh, kind yeah. of work. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, like, like that was a big thing. It's different. You yeah. talk to a guy who's been there for eight years, this and that, and the strength. Care, like I get all that, but like it was just something I was just wondering. You know, like you're trying to touch base with everybody. Like all right, I like to do this or how you do this and. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's come I mean, to a common ground. To be honest with you, it's really easy. It's just you go in there for <clears throat> you go in there as a human, you sit down, and you have a. I know it sounds just I'm not making this sound weird, like come off in a certain egotistical way, but like you sit down, you talk like two adults for however long it takes, and you agree, you disagree, you like, okay, that's what we're gonna do going forward, and that's. That was the one. I mean, it was, with Schiff, it was so easy. And with Allison and Jen, it was extremely easy because it was just that's what we did. We sat down and we talked. And these were the things that this, had, this is what I was thinking. Hey, what do you want? Just back and forth and putting together a schedule, a plan. Um, and again, me just kind of given some certain philosophies, but at the same time, like I'm not going to micromanage people. Yeah. You know, I, we're all working together. We're all, we're we're all on the same page. Um, We are all on the same team and we can't be successful without them. And ultimately at the end of the day, you have to, you have to let people do their jobs and give them autonomy within their area of responsibility. And then, you know, for me as a head coach, if there's something that's not in line with what's going on or 
how we need to do things. We need to have a conversation mm-hmm. like adults. And, but it was really easy getting on the same page with them. You know, I mean, look, look at our GPA, our academic advisor. I mean, we have three, four GPA. So it's like, okay, well, like, what did you do last year? With <laughs> right. <laughs> what? We 28 guys over a three Oh, it was out of control. And that's great. She looks at me and she goes, yeah, we don't do study hall. Really? She goes, yeah, study hall is, it's a social session. Amen. Okay. Now, when we tell recruits there's no study hall, the moms will be like, well, mm-hmm. and they're like, then when, when Allison explains it to them, they're like, well, that makes a lot of sense. She's like, oh, she's, you know, and she was saying, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, we're going to be in study hall just to make you feel good. Like, no, like, they're not going to be in study hall. If they're in study hall, it's, it's a, it just becomes a, a screw around session. They don't use it to their benefit. They can come here anytime they want. They have like a task-based system. And every week she, she knows what they're doing every single week, every day. Wow. They have to fill out a Google doc. So she knows everything that they're doing mm-hmm. following. And so if they get off task, boom, then she expects you to be in there and she makes you come here certain times. And she's great. I, I think her system is wonderful. So I awesome. got, got no issues with it. That's awesome. Yeah, just stuff like that too that people realize it's just all the different people that you need to touch base with and have got <laughs> fingers everywhere, make sure everybody's yeah. kind of doing you know, it's such a it's such a global No, you're right. Like it really is. It's like you know, you between that and, and just your you know, the people in the business office, um people in the administration that the things that now you have to decide in the areas that now you're responsible for. Like, you know, can you approve paying for this out of this, you know, part of your budget? Wait a second. Like, is that make sure I'm good? Like, I think we're good. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. Making decisions on, you know, the things that we need for our program from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. the alumni piece, making sure you have a pulse on that. Um, you know, with the marketing or the SID, like you're, you're controlling the, the message you're managing so many different areas and your ability to communicate and be organized and make every person feel extremely important to the success of your program is it's vital. Like it's, it's, it's very vital. You've got to be a really good communicator and you have to be true and honest with yourself. And you, you've got to be, you're, it's the same thing with our guys. Be yourself. And it's the same thing with me. I'm going to be myself. And there's going to be times that I make a wrong, I don't make the right decision or I make a mistake or I'm pissed off, but I'm not going to fake it. Like it, just because I became a head coach doesn't mean like, oh, I'm all of a sudden going to like be this person where I'm going to like button up my top button and put a tie on or sit here and like talk to you like, no, I mean, like I just got a little bit of a bigger office and a better view. <laughs> that nice, two nice window views instead of sitting in that concrete wall i had for seven years right you know and i say that like obviously just like tongue-in-cheek but i'm not gonna i'm gonna be myself and Mm -hmm. treat people the right way treat people with respect um holding hold them accountable obviously and but i I believe administratively and, and co-workers like it's just so easy to get along with people if you just talk to them like you're they're not beneath you and 
mm-hmm. there's an issue, like let's talk about it because it's life, right? Like just be kind to each other and let's get on the same page. So that's it, man. Well, buddy, we've been over here an hour just thinking about any kind of last kind of words, man, you want to kind of any kind of advice or any kind of thing that you think we haven't left off about the Highlanders or, you know, your new, uh, new opportunity. Man, we covered so much. We did. I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> you being here. That was awesome, man. I loved it. I appreciate what you do for baseball, for just for coaching in general. I think this is, this is awesome. You know, having the opportunity to um, put information out there for, for coaches and parents and players to listen to, to, to help them grow. I think this is a, you know, what you're doing is, is awesome. And it's just, it's the reason why baseball is, is great. It's, it's the reason why travel baseball is great. And the, and mm-hmm. the relationships that you cultivate with, with coaches and, you know, the way that you're helping grow the game is, you know, it's wonderful. And, you know, I know I speak for a lot of people and we appreciate everything that you do. And not only that, but, but, you know, the guys that you coach in the summer and, um, you know, they're lucky to have you for sure. But, you know, for me, you know, at Rafford, I could be more excited about, you know, about this opportunity. And um, I'm thankful for you being able to allow me to to share my passion and, and my vision and um, where we expect this program to be. And it's my full expectation that this is this program's competing for a championship year in and year out as soon as possible. And we're going to we're going to work to to attack that goal and, and get it every single day. Um, I love this place too much for, for it to fail. Like it won't fail. We will win. When, I don't know, but we will win a lot earlier than what I think people will expect. Mm-hmm. And that may be brash, but I really don't care because um, if you go into any game or any season, like expecting to be mediocre, well then you're a loser. And this team and this program is, it will never be filled with a loser mindset. And, um, you know, in 72 hours, we meet as a team. Um, it's going to be a meeting that's going to, going to shape Rafford baseball for the next 25 years. And they're going to get on the same page really quick about how we're going to go about our business. And that championship blue collar family culture is going to get, the tone is going to get set real quick that I could promise you. So, um, I appreciate you, man. And, uh, you're welcome anytime. Coach Alex Guerrero from Rafford, just killing it. Just with some awesome stuff there. I just love the listen to it again. Uh, and just really just hearing and just getting through like really the last bit. And he just, I honestly have told people after this, like after talking to AG and, I wish I was a fly on the wall for that meeting. That meeting where he goes and sets the culture and sets, like you said, sets Radford baseball up for the future and, and steer and puts the ship in the direction. Would have loved been a fly on the wall for that. Um, you know, love the emotion, love the pride, love the passion in that. And that's going to rub off on his players. It's going to rub off on the guys he's looking for. And, um, you know, it's just a real pleasure to be able to listen to him, and especially in the, in the unique role I don't think in the two, last two years, all different guys we've talked to haven't had a guy like that early uh, with, you know, getting a new job 
uh, you know, with everything going on, I can't believe that we actually fit a, fit a conversation in, and he just gave me so much time, and we talked so much, and it was awesome, um, and it was just a, such a unique person. Uh, I think for anybody who maybe is trying to get into the profession, job, go assistant coach to head coach, and understanding all the different roles, I think this was a great conversation for that, to kind of think of all the different hats you have to wear, all the different people you got to talk to and relationships you got to build and have a pulse on all those different things. And AG kind of touch base on all that. I really appreciate it. Just a, just a wealth of different things. Um, and all the lessons that he got to learn from just phenomenal coaches like coach Rooney, coach Ike, coach Rack um, from Radford. I mean, so just, uh, just a really great conversation. Um, a lot of times going in there, like I said, setting the, Setting the course for Rapper Baseball, going to the, they're going to be a blue-collar family where every day there's going to be some type of their big example bringing and defining their culture. Um, but it's a culture that, you know, it's coming from him, it's coming from them, and it's continuing to, to say the right message. And being consistent uh, is the best thing that any coach can do. Is, like he said, and I feel it's, it's so true. More and more as we've got gotten older and you keep it and you, just, you continue to see the guys who continue to show up, the consistency is what allows them uh, to continue to be successful, to continue to be consistent, consistent communication, consistent presence, consistent routines. They, you know, and the more the habits are good, they're building great habits and they're just living the good lifestyle in which it can continue to make them consistent and will be successful. And I know, I know AG will, uh, will do that at Radford. So uh, if you're not following him on Twitter, please follow him at Twitter at AGBaseball19. Uh, shoot me an email, Guerrera G-U-E, R-R-A at Radford.edu. Continue to follow those guys. Be ready for Radford, who uh, makes some noise here in the uh, next coming days. All that passion, energy, excellence, or consistency to show up, and it's just going to pay off throughout this time. So, AG, best of luck to you guys. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us here. Thank you to our sponsors, Netting Pros. Please check out those guys. Uh, just got a... They happen to, just really fortunate. I got an L screen. I got a ball cart. Uh, stuff is first class. Very well done. Check on any pro stuff, guys. It's really good. So, and until next time, keep getting better.